Hello everyone, and thank you so much for coming back for episode 3 after that horrendously long episode. I guess I had more to say about that chapter than I thought. I am so sorry, and I will really try hard to keep the rest of these uh, segmented and a lot shorter. So this episode is talking about the dissertation by Rita Carlson, Reintegration Experiences of Post-Combat Women Soldiers. And first off, I really appreciated uh, the author choosing this topic for her dissertation, uh, Reintegration Experiences, uh, because as she states in her paper that there's very little research about women reintegrating into civilian life and what that's like for them, but there's plenty about their male uh, colleagues, uh, just not so much about women. Um, I don't know if it's because women have only recently been accepted into frontline battle or other than just so much of the military is surrounding men and masculinity, so... Uh, it's sad, but there it, it, there is hope. There is a lot of hope for the future, that there are more studies being done, and Rita Carlson's dissertation being one of them. Uh, so, uh, she surveyed six female soldiers from the National Guard who fought in Operation Enduring Freedom and or Operation Iraqi Freedom. Uh, she gave them nine open-ended questions and gathered their answers and compiled the data. Uh, so, unfortunately, it is a rather small sample size, but I do feel that their individual inputs are very valuable. The insight that they bring to the field of psychology is uh, very, very valuable. I mean, it's like, it's the first stepping stone of being aware of, first you have to know, like, what was their experiences, uh, what stories do they have to share before... A clinical psychologist would be able to come up with effective programs for keeping women healthy mentally from pre-deployment during during the deployment and post-deployment. Uh, so, but it first starts with okay, how is the war experience impacting them uniquely? And. Uh, so this reintegration, these reintegration experiences pertain to the initial return home, and the survey occurred about six months after the female veterans uh, returned. She generalized experiences into three main categories, uh, hypervigilance, avoidance, and redefining identity. Uh, she discusses how difficult it is for soldiers who have gone through such intense training that completely transforms them as an individual and forms an entirely new identity. And that state of mind continuing in such intense situations and then not really receiving m much help in reconditioning to return back home and going back to civilian life. Uh, from their experiences in war, veterans gained a strong sense of purpose and camaraderie and loyalty to their unit and their what are called their battle buddies, you know, the person who's always got your back, uh, that had been so crucial to their daily survival and performance in combat. 
Uh, common feelings when they returned home include a lost sense of purpose and feelings of no longer belonging in this strange but familiar world. Every day, civilian life can be perceived as both unfulfilling and overwhelming. Uh, veterans can feel like they are no longer needed at home since their families had to go without them for so long. They feel like interlopers and outsiders. Children, uh, veterans, especially if they were young when the parent deployed, might even feel and act uncomfortable or even frightened around their veteran parent. And it can be a very difficult process for veterans to readjust to life back at home. Uh, physical injuries and mental health issues are also an important part of complicating returning. Uh, one study quotes that 15.6 to 17.1 percent of Operation Iraqi Freedom combat veterans met screening criteria for PTSD, generalized anxiety, or major depression. Going through such violent experiences can leave one's sense of self and the world very much shaken. They often find a need for reintegrating a sense of self as well as reintegrating into society and family. The results from her study showed that participants felt overwhelmed for the first three to six months. One person was overwhelmed in a grocery store just from the, all the stimuli around her and the sheer amount of choices. Uh, but overall, uh, they typically do gradually adjust over a period of time, but some continue to experience challenges with becoming easily overwhelmed and feeling vulnerable. Uh, so hypervigilance is a common state for all returning veterans. Uh, understandable, they just came back from such intense situations in a continued state of intensity. When they come back home, it's very difficult to lower their guard and relax in normal day-to-day -day situations. It was so hard-grained into them to be on their guard at all times that it makes sense it's going to take time to readjust and unpack all of that. Uh, the participants felt vulnerable, fearful, and lacked trust in people. They felt uncomfortable and anxious in large groups of people in confined spaces. They described feeling vulnerable and looking for an escape plan when in a crowded room, mall, or store. Some suffered from insomnia and nightmares. Others feel a need to be constantly moving or doing something and unable to relax. Avoidance and isolation is also common to veterans returning home. One of the greatest grievances veterans have against civilians is when they complain about trivial matters, which is understandable because when you've gone through the worst things imaginable, uh, they really get their priorities straightened and everything else seems so annoying and irritating and trivial. Uh, to them, it's like, you have no idea what real suffering is. How dare you complain about anything? Your life is great. And being fearful of situations aids in keeping veterans from going out. Uh, missing out on family events and the family not being understanding has caused a lot of feelings of loneliness and isolation. One participant described that they missed so much while they were deployed, they didn't want to, they didn't feel the desire to start showing up when they were home. 
and the family does understand the veterans' struggles, and that is very difficult for them. Uh, but to the family, it's like, why can't everything just be okay? You're home now. Shouldn't you be happy? Shouldn't everything be alright now? And not really knowing or understanding that how hard it is coming back home. Especially when military doesn't really help you readjust so much as they did to condition you to fight. Uh, but the bonds forged between soldiers in a combat unit are so strong, and many veterans hold on to those connections when they return home. So, you know, if you have a veteran who's really f struggling with isolation and uh, you don't want to impede them connecting, reconnecting with their old combat buddies, and that just understand that yes it may be sad that they feel like they can't connect to their family at the moment but having that support system still in place is very important for their mental health uh, feeling dissatisfied with civilian work and being bored with civilian life are also common issues in regards to reforging a new identity post-deployment uh, they feel like they don't fit in at home, uh, those feelings are common. They can find it difficult to find a meaningful identity away from their combat military role, which had been so vital to their personal identity while they were in the military. I would imagine probably a lot of people know that sadly, sexual harassment and uh, gender discrimination are huge problems in the military. Uh, two out of the six participants in the study were harassed while they were deployed. Uh, it destroyed a sense of safety as well as created huge sense of betrayal within this close-knit unit. I mean, yeah. There's the sense of a good old boys club and that is a problem in the military for sure. They encourage sexual misbehavior amongst male soldiers, as well as awarding them for getting service women moved out of their positions. Very prolific problems. Uh, the service women felt unsafe, bitter, and unable to trust men, as well as uh, feeling that they were not heard or understood by their command and others. One participant felt her safe, safety instincts were supercharged and that did not go away when she returned home. Another participant described the process of getting brushed off for reporting sexual harassment while during deployment and she was, she was uh, totally brushed off. Uh, she was never told what became of the investigation. At least there was a supposed investigation, but nothing ever came from it. Gender discrimination is even more rampant and another particular experience of service women that complicates the reintegration process. Four out of six participants experienced gender discrimination. Their male compatriots were often given more credit as heroes and lauded for their service than their fellow service women. Female soldiers are often not recognized for their essential roles and sacrifices. 
Some participants felt that people assumed men were always in harm's way and women didn't do anything of importance. Uh, one quote, you're only a woman, so you only went there. And that maybe plays into why I don't talk about it very much, because I don't want to be criticized. So that's very sad. As when civilians interact with female soldiers, uh, female soldiers are often met with questions about leaving their children and or spouses. Like, how could you leave your kids? How dare you? You're a mom. You're supposed to be there for them. Male soldiers, on the other hand, are patted on the back for the sacrifice of leaving home. The female soldiers feel like they get judged by their families, and they need to defend their decision to serve as a soldier for lengthy deployments. Uh, one quotes, It's okay for dad to put himself in danger, but not women. End quote. When one female performs poorly, they feel like all are implicated and blamed and generalized, and that they have to work so much harder than the men to prove themselves as good enough. There's a lot of frustration that comes from the ongoing battle to prove themselves and considered good at their military jobs. They also get frustrated with continually needing to prove their identity as veterans after their deployment. Common examples include being mistaken as a spouse when seeking medical care at the VA. One participant was asked every time she went to a day appointment, Oh, is your husband here for an appointment? Every time! I cannot imagine how annoying that is. It's like, no! I'm the veteran! Thank you very much! Jeez. Oh, sorry, that was just really bothering me. The participants felt they were required to... Uh, prove their post-deployment veteran status more than their male peers were. Many veterans experience distress and family relations post-deployment. Uh, family members expect the veteran to be happy and excited to be home. However, the veteran feels overwhelmed and has limited interest in attending family and social events because civilian life is nothing compared to the chaos of their military experience and they just feel a little desensitized. Some participants experienced feelings of guilt about not attending events post-deployment and that they felt like they were being a disappointment for missing events during and after deployment. Five out of six participants found it difficult to find a balance among family, work, and military. A few veterans with children wanted to spend more time with their family before going back to work, and that they felt they were forced to return to work too quickly. Like, they had to focus immediately on work, and they weren't ready for it yet. Uh, others preferred to spend time with their battle buddies, or combat unit fellows. Uh, often, they felt no desire to spend time with civilians. Parents of young children and teenagers felt frustrated when kids didn't obey or expressed attitude or sarcasm towards their veteran parent. Uh, some feel self-doubt about parenting techniques and defensive when family members critique their parenting. Uh, frustration with civilian complaints and pouring conversations about unimportant topics is common uh, amongst soldiers. 
they f have feelings that their uh, temper comes to the surface a lot quicker and they have a lot less patience for life and civilians. They feel like, oh, those first world problems, you have no idea just how good you have it. So just everything's so trivial, people are so self-centered, and they have no idea what's important in life. And, you know, I can't blame them for thinking that, honestly. Uh, resilience uh, is a positive outcome from military experiences. Uh, a lot of the participants felt that they uh, became a stronger person and that they were able to uh, become more assertive and competent. It increased their awareness and willingness to express opinions and their needs. Uh, they were able to identify a number of resources and coping skills and strategies that supported their reintegration and resilience, uh, primarily relationships, spirituality, values, self-care, and resources. Uh, the camaraderie with the soldiers from deployment unit uh, is a strong sense of relationship and unity and having someone there who, no matter through the good or the bad, they know who you are and they have your back. They have to. They fought to keep each other alive. You can't easily replace that. It is such a close bond that you can't easily replicate that in civilian society. Uh, but however, in the National Guard, maintaining unit support is challenging because uh, they train and deploy so quickly and they don't often get to go out with the same unit every time. And then they have long periods of post-deployment separation, which helps create sense of lack of communication and solidarity and social that support that they had in that unit is gone when they go back home so uh, that brings about intense uh, feelings of isolation and being alone they uh, quoted that it's important to have spouse support at least two of the participants had uh, very supportive spouses that helps get them through the reintegration process. Uh, some described that they lost their faith while they were in combat, but that over the reintegration process they were able to regain it. And then some felt that they had a strengthened faith from pre-deployment to reintegration. Uh, there are different perspectives and priorities uh, that they develop in the reintegration process. They have, feel a greater importance of family. Family has higher priority and is more meaningful to them. They gain the values of providing for the future, building relationships within women's groups, and volunteering to feel needed and they report having a greater appreciation of relationships and life in general after their military experiences. Many of the participants uh, felt that it is very important to take time for self-care, including physical exercise and meeting spiritual needs. 
the recognizing the need for improved self-care included uh, working less, taking vacations, and relaxing. Uh, they pretty well all said that they could have used more time to gain control and reintegrate before returning to the workforce. So it's sad that they feel like they're pressured to immediately go right back into the swing of things when <laughs> something very life-altering has just happened to them. It's It should take a little bit more time to get used to things. Um, however, the after reintegrating the sense of loss of control from post-combat uh, takes small steps each week uh, to regain that sense of control and they feel that it is helpful to self-monitor a variety of daily activities that it gives them a better sense of control if they keep track of the things that they do. They said the Yellow Ribbon program is slightly flawed, but overall it's very good. It makes mental health services more acceptable. However, there's still a remaining stigma associated with talking to a psychiatrist or a counselor. Uh, the seminars that they went to as part of the reintegration process were good, they felt, but they would have liked to have seen more specifically for parents or women with uh, attention to reintegrating with family, parenting issues, and missing special events during deployment. They also said that they had an appreciation for the Military One Source, or MOS, as a counseling resource, and their positive responses to individual and group counseling services at the Vet Center. And it wasn't nearly as frustrating as it is for the with the VA programs and services with the Vet Center. It's a lot easier to contact and make appointments. So it is very possible for women to successfully get through their reintegration experiences without developing further signs of uh, psychological or trauma or mental health issues. And this dissertation is a good step in a long process of understanding what it's like for women in combat and coming back home and reintegrating with society. Thank you for watching episode three, discussing the dissertation, Reintegration Experiences of Post-Combat Women Soldiers by Rita Carlson. Have a wonderful day. And hopefully I will see you for episode four. Thank you for listening.